Yeah, you got to lead the way. Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen, Alex King, and Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, March the 22nd, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 12 noon in London, Sydney, Australia, 11 p.m. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And for those of you who are watching the live stream, yes, it's true, I have no video today. I don't know why. It seems to be like a continuation of the pattern for the last week to 10 days or so. So we're just going with it. You can see Alex's beautiful face. You can see Tom's happy face. This is, you know, this is a day where you see Tom and Alex. That's all there is to it. You just don't see me. I, I'm the guy behind the curtain today. I'm the one pulling the levers. Yeah. The great and powerful Oz has spoken. So the Wizard of Odd. <laughs> yeah, right. The Wizard of Odd. I like that. That's good. That that, that kind of summarizes me. So I, well, I, I don't even have to ask how you're doing, Tom, because you were joking and singing and, you know, just expressing yourself like crazy before the podcast. So I can guess, I, I think I can kind of assume you're in a good mood today. Am I right in my reading of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, yeah. Okay. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk him into it. I mean, I had to talk him into it, Alex. Do you believe this? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm the last one to accept that everything's okay, I guess. <laughs> but I do no, I, I often I used to believe it a lot more than I do now. <laughs> okay. And, and I almost don't even dare to ask Alex after that, but have you had any sleep, Alex? I mean you're the sleepless wonder and I keep hoping you're gonna get sleep, but have you had any sleep? I got an hour last night. See, this, this, this is what I call celebrating. <laughs> Most people who got an hour worth of sleep would be saying, oh, I only got an hour worth of sleep. Alex is saying, yeah, I got an hour worth of sleep. <laughs> it's all in the perspective, folks. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, you got to choose your battles, man. And, yeah, and you, really. What's worth fighting? You, well, you do a good job of choosing them, I have to say. Yeah, I, I've been raised well, yes. <laughs> well, more than that, it's more than it's not just upbringing. Being able to handle lack of sleep like you do is just yeah. remarkable. And you and you had to learn that. That was you doing it. That wasn't your family. That wasn't your upbringing. That wasn't your DNA. That was you. Well, I don't know because my dad is a bus driver, like a long distance bus driver. So he would stay up for hours at a time. Like he would do like a sixteen hour trip. Like he would he could drive from Massachusetts. The Florida to Orlando in one trip with no sleep. So it might be genetic. All right. Well, then I'll amend my statement. And apparently, <laughs> apparently, among other things, your father was crazy, you know, but <laughs> to drive that 15 or he did, or he did uppers. A lot of truck drivers do a few uppers. Well, that's no, he didn't do uppers. That, nope. Wow. Nope. As far as you know, yeah. That is crazy. Well, that's that cool. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Should hey, you know, whatever. You, as long as you get there safely, I guess that's the main thing. But, wow. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, I, I have to tell you, honestly, I, I don't really have a particular topic in mind. I mean, we could be doing more work on our on our fiction podcast on, on the first episode. Although, quite honestly, I feel like I'm at the stage now where I just need to just do some writing. I mean, I don't know about you, Alex, but um, I, I just feel mm-hmm. like we, we've done a lot of the prep work for episode one, so... 
I'm thinking maybe we just turn into a, you know an old-fashioned LOA show, just plain LOA where we talk about LOA stuff. What do you say? Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, let's All do right. that then. Um, so, and if you're listening to the live stream, feel free to chime in with questions and comments and so forth. We'll be glad to incorporate them into what we're talking about here. And uh, while we're actually, I'm, I'm trying to tune in now to see exactly whether we have any comments or questions or anything like that. But while I'm doing that, why don't we just do our usual thing of, you know, coming up with topics of our own. We'll just kind of do like a round robin and we'll each come up with a topic. And uh, if we get a question from the audience, then we'll include that as well. Sound good? Sure. Sounds like a plan. All right, then let's do that. Sounds like a plan. It is a plan. Black. <laughs> oh, it is a plan. There you go. So, <laughs> all right, I'll lead off first. I'll, I'll come up with the, the first topic um, to discuss, and that topic is feeling good. It's something that actually I've been addressing with co-host Joel and Steve the last uh, two episodes, uh, but my the reason for bringing it up was... I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of work on myself. I've been spending a lot of time, um, you know, building up my self love, my um, emotional connection, and so forth. And particularly the last two days when I got out for my walks and during the podcast and so forth, I've been really doing a good job of staying into that good feeling place. The one thing that has been a little bit missing for me is. It's a good feeling place. It's just not a really strong feeling place. It's like, oh, well, this is just nice and comfortable. Not, not that there's anything bad about it. It's just it's not a strong, powerful feeling. And it, it occurs to me, I may be wrong about this. I'm kind of curious to see what your take is on this for, for both of you. But I, I kind of have a feeling this is something that probably millions of people experience and that it probably reflects some kind of socially, societally taught ideas about how we really shouldn't express and feel big positive emotions because they won't last and, and uh, you can't trust them. They're, 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 they're transient. You know, they, they'll go away. And so we learn over time to settle for less. It's good. It feels good, but we just kind of settle for less. That's my current theory. And I wondered what you thought about that. So, Alex, I'm going to go to you. Does that resonate? Does that not make sense? What do you think? I mean, I I totally get that what you're saying about how society feels that way. I don't like to do, to follow that that mantra because I feel like you should be allowed to be happy all the time, and extra bursts of it throughout the day is good for me. So like I like to if I'm bored or whatever, I like to throw on my headphones and listen to whatever pod not podcast, whatever um playlist that I want to listen to for the day and I dance all around the house and that's my exercise for the day. Or uh I just recently started watching Ellen every day and that definitely raises your spirits and um, just doing what you love. Like, you know, if you like going out for walks, go out for a walk. If you like watching certain TV shows, watch certain TV shows. But no, nah, I don't, I don't sign up for that. You you can't be too happy or, you know, something will go wrong thing. I don't like it. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, intellectually, I totally agree with you. I just wonder if that's actually what's going on in the back of my head, my subconscious mind saying, okay, you've had just enough good feeling. That's enough for today. <laughs> But I feel like you're making up your subconscious mind by thinking that, though. Well, I'm sure that's true, yeah. I, I'm just trying to explain why it is that I, I'm, I end up feeling good, but 
I don't feel really good. It's like, you know, this, yeah. all feel, this feels good. This is good. I'm enjoying it, but it's not a real strong feeling inside. It's not bad. Not at all bad. It's all good. It's just not real strong. That, that's what I'm trying to understand. Wait, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And yes. that's what we got. We have doing as a society. Yes, that's exactly it. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. In fact, that mm-hmm. was something I talked about with Steve yesterday, or with Joel, actually, I think it was, about how from a very early age, I remember hearing that phrase, you know, like age seven, eight, nine, something like that, hearing the phrase, well, you know, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I would give a lot of thought to it. I'm saying, well, geez, you know, what happens when the other shoe drops? You know, it must be terrible, whatever it is, because <laughs> that's the way they're talking about it. You can see from the looks on the adult's face, it must be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Is it, am I uh, making something out of nothing, or is there something to this? Is this something that a lot of people deal with? Well, you know, you you're the um, expert in my mind on uh, raising children and the type of schooling that you've been exposed to with uh, the works you've done with schools to show that children um, are incredibly deprogrammed from their happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, Every year, you know, every yeah. month yeah, right. from the time, you know, that they come into the world, there's some adult there who's uh, concerned about them. And so or or they're simply modeling a restricted way of living life. And so from the time we're really little, we're, we're watching adults and getting all of our imprinting from adults who are the ones we depend on for love and security. We're getting all this imprinting that's saying You've got to tone it down, baby. You don't be so happy. Don't be, you know, like little kids that run around the house screaming and yelling and want to do tons of fun stuff every second of the day. That's not okay. You know, it's like you got to, like, cut it back, you know. And then once, of course, then once they go to the traditional schools, not a Waldorf school or something like that, but when they go to the traditional schools, they really have to shut it down. You know, I certainly did, and I remember it. You know, I remember how that is, and... It made me think of also um, these people I did coaching training with, Gay and Katie Hendricks, uh, the Conscious Loving, Conscious Living coaching training. And they said that in the, in all of their 40 years of um, being psychotherapists and 20,000 estimated appointments that they've done with people around all kinds of psychotherapy issues – the single biggest thing that they agreed they were dealing with with people was what they call the upper limits problem, mm. which, you know, which is Gay Hendricks wrote an entire book on it called The Big Leap. And it's all about how we all have this built in limitation from our childhood of how happy we can be. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. And so the entire book is based on, and all of their teaching is based on the fact that's the only problem you're dealing with when you're coaching somebody is their upper limit problem. They just don't believe that they can be as happy as they really can be. Well, I feel a little um, bit better now. I feel like I've actually hit a real issue. That's good. (laughs) I was beginning to wonder. (laughs) (laughs) You live in real issues, Walt. You are a real issue. Remember that. Okay, now I'm getting paranoid. I'm an issue now. This is not a good thing. <laughs> no, a good issue. It's a good thing. It's oh, it is? Oh, okay. What I mean is, like, you're you're a unique issue from the inventory of the universe, you know. Like, oh, okay. Oh, look at this one. So, you know, you've got all kinds of wonderful qualities about you, but how do we take the lid off of that stuff and not constantly tell ourselves we're threatened by something, you know, mm. that we have to be careful 
because the other shoe's going to drop. And well, I'm, I'm that's glad a, you that's know. That's a funny. I would love to know the derivation of that story. The other shoe's going to drop. I'm not sure I want to know, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> After yeah, well, I was, you know, intimidated by it when I was a kid. I'm not sure. Well, really it's probably a story of God taking his shoes off or something like that. You know, it's like, <laughs> man, you heard that first shoe drop. It's probably like came from the sound of thunder or something. That was one shoe dropping. And the next clap of thunder is going to be the other shoe dropping. And you better watch out. It's not on your house, you know, right on your head. I, I Everybody made mis- knows that when there's thunder, it's because God is bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know, the, a lot of Native Americans, I understand, were able to listen to thunder and be able to interpret what it was saying. It, literally, they had that skill of, mm. of it would be telling them something. Each thing of thunder would have a message in it. I was thinking, whoa, that's really interesting. Anyway, that's not our topic, but... You mean messages like, take shelter now, that kind of thing? Hmm? You mean messages like, take shelter now, that that's the kind of no, no, message? No, no, under- no, no. I think, <laughs> I think really significant, beautiful messages about uh, oh, 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 I see. Okay. life and what's going on with them and all kinds of things. Jason, now, these are beautiful forces in nature that we science has reduced it all down to the whole world just be explained by logic and reason and i think that that was a huge detriment to our experience as humans that we um, that we started to limit it's another sign of all the all the limitation we've grown up with you know because it's coming from a whole past of people thinking they had to control everything rather than have it truly be magical and have it truly unfold in a way that's spontaneous and unique and you're just sort of watching every second what might happen next that could be beautiful and wonderful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Jason actually gave us a question to discuss from the live stream audience, so let's bring him in. He says, how do I know, this is a common question, how do I know what I'm manifesting is getting closer or even just getting close? Driftwood evidence. Driftwood evidence. Talk about that. Well, Abraham talks about how, let's say you're walking on a beach and you start, you know, you come to an area and there's all of a sudden lots of really big logs and there, you know, some are like 20 feet long and, and they're, you know, three, two feet around and you're walking down the beach and they, sort of the driftwood that you're seeing is evidence that a forest existed somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you start seeing things in your life that are evidence that, that you're headed in the right direction. You know, like you're starting to get cool things are starting to happen or, you know, if you're trying to, you know, bring more money into your life, something shows up in the mail, you know, that indicates that, you know, here's a check you didn't expect to get. And, oh, wow, I didn't know I was getting a refund for that. That's awesome. And it's sort of evidence that you're on the right path. But okay, I think I feel it inside myself. I, I feel when I'm getting closer to manifestation because it. It, I just start, my energy starts picking up. I start feeling like I'm flowing with the river and it's starting to pick up speed and I, I can feel, yeah, good things are happening. This is going to turn into good stuff if I don't sabotage it, if I don't put an upper limit on it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are you a sign reader, Alex? I mean, do you, do you find that to be true for you? Um, yes and no. I feel like signs can help, but it, it depends on if you believe in it or not. It's, it, you know, if you believe in signs, then, then that sign will work for you. But you also shape what the sign means to you. 
Mm. So it's not like, you know, you you see a red flag and you interpret it as purple or blue or whatever, anything but red. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's all in you. So <laughs> it's all in how you interpret it. But um yeah, I definitely follow the driftwood evidence uh theory because I I when I feel good, good things happen. And that's law of attraction. That's just basically what it is. So I try to feel good all the time, despite what's happening around me. And good things do happen for me. So that's just the way it is. Okay. All right. Well, the, the driftwood evidence theory seems to be predominant here. I, I think I would tend to agree with that. Although I have to admit, most of the time I'm I'm kind of oblivious to signs. Other people have to point out a sign to me, and I'll say, oh, I guess that is a sign, isn't it? But most of the time, I just don't even notice them. So mm-hmm. I, I guess you have to be a, a noticer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's giving myself permission to bask. You know, Abraham always talks about basking, which means, you know, obviously if something's good is starting to happen in your life, that you spend some time in that good feeling of it. You know, you don't mm-hmm. just... Let your mind take you immediately back to, you know, what about the other shoe? It could drop at any time, you know. I better mm. be worried. I better be concerned. I better yeah. be fearful about not getting what I want. Hmm? Better be ready. Yeah, and just, I guess it's just, again, opening ourselves to the flow, to where we're saying, you know, hey, you know, maybe I should spend some time appreciating the good things that are happening here. Mm. And uh, And then that just opens more doors. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I I wish I could tell you, Jason, that I had a clear idea on when stuff's going to show up. I, I've actually adopted the viewpoint that says the more that I focus on when's it going to show up, the less likely I'm going to be able to maintain my high vibration. So I just don't even think about it. <laughs> Otherwise, I get myself into trouble. Um, the, the more that I can just get into that place of just enjoying the fact that I'm feeling good about feeling good. Just, you know, okay, so I'm, I I put my request out there, and I'm waiting for it to come. But while I'm waiting for it, I just spend my time feeling good. If I can just feel good and have a day where I felt good, I figure that's all the victory I need. I'm not going to try to look for any evidence beyond that. It's just, how did I do today? That's it. Because that's all I really have control over anyway is how do I feel today and what am I feeling today? So I just focus yep. on that. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And when, then when the stuff shows up, I can be surprised, which is nice. <laughs> because yeah. you're because your life's happening second by second by second if you're not enjoying it then you're missing the journey of life and mm-hmm. and you know it's easy to do that because i think well i won't i won't really be happy until i finally have that amount of money in my account or i'm finally with my partner that i want to be with you know and she's in my life then i can really be happy but what about all those moments leading up to that you know? yeah exactly. exactly gotta enjoy every moment otherwise i mean you got at least be open to that possibility that there's a lot of wonderful moments going by. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason did qualify his uh, question. He said, I've been experiencing a lot of synchronicity lately. Now, that would kind of fall into the category of driftwood, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what that means. Yeah, Driftwood evidence, synchronicities, things showing up that you didn't expect. So there you go. So I I think the answer to your question, Jason, is how do you know? You know. You just explained how you know. (laughs) You just said it right there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
So congratulations, you are now a master deliberate creator. <laughs> what are we going to send uh, to our lucky contestant? <laughs> We're going to send lots of positive vibes and good wishes that his manifestation comes as quickly as possible. All right. Yeah. So, okay, that was my, I got the first question, and then Jason got the second question. Uh, Tom, how about you? I can always count on you for a good question. Have you come up with anything for us to discuss today or to think about or talk about? You know, the, the thing that I'm, uh, always is on my mind these days is the difference between surrendering to letting the universe or source or God or whatever you want to call it orchestrate your life and you thinking that you've got a whole lot that you got to get together to make your life unfold right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what's the balance between that? You know, like, um, it, how, do you need to have concern at all about how things are unfolding or can you, is it actually just letting go of your concern that's your main focus in life? For me, it's letting go. Because if we don't let go, then there there are two options. One option is we always feel great about the thing that's coming and we never doubt it for a second. Or we start mm-hmm. doubting it and driving it away. And and I tend to fall into the second camp. So I figure, why why bother? You know, Until I get to the point where I can just focus on that thing as if it's wonderful, right up to the moment it shows up, until I get to the point where I can do that regularly, I'm going with take my attention away from it. <laughs> that's, that's my best option, I think. How about you, Alex? I do the same thing. I let go because I tend to uh, drift into the feeling of, okay, I might not be vibrating where I need to be vibrating to achieve this uh, manifestation. So let me uh, let me just release the reins and see what happens. Mm. And it all usually works out. Mm. Plus, so I try- throughout your day... Are you doing that then? Kind of like saying to yourself, whenever your mind starts to worry and you start to fear or have anxiety, you just sort of say, hey, I'm just going to trust. This is just going to work out. Yep. I just say, let go and let God. And then I continue doing whatever I was doing. Mm -hmm. I've also added another component. I've been trying to remind myself lately, and there were a couple of instances yesterday with uh, live stream listeners who I was able to pass this along to them as well. Reminding myself that, uh, just like Abraham says, Abraham expresses it as you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. And I try to turn that into a more positive framing by saying you always get it right and life goes on forever or the road goes on forever. And I, I especially mm-hmm. like that first part because it's, it's a reminder to me every time that I try to manifest something or even just to do something and it doesn't come out the way I wanted to originally, it doesn't mean I got it wrong. I actually got it right. And, and it's a really important thing to remember. Um, even though it didn't come out exactly the way I wanted to, I got it right within the context of what I understood at that time, the best that I was able to vibrate at that time, the best I was able to focus at that time. I did the best I could and I got the best result I could get. And when I understand it that way, now all of a sudden I'm not beating myself up all the time, which was mm-hmm. my, that's been my pattern throughout most of my life, beat myself up when it doesn't come out the way I wanted it to. Well, now I'm saying to myself, no, I got it right. I, I got it right to exactly what I was able to do at that particular time. And I'm continuing mm-hmm. to grow. I'm continuing to get stronger and better and better focused and all that kind of thing so that over time I'm able to 
hit the mark more often than I miss it. Uh, and, and I kind of got this from the discussions that Cindy Chavez and I have had about Neville Goddard, in which he kind of takes issue with what the church calls sin and compares it to the original definition of sin, which is just missing the mark. It's not about going to hell or offending God or anything like that. It's just you aimed at something and you didn't hit it. And that's all it is. And when you treat mm. things that way, now all of a sudden it, it gives life an entirely different perspective. It's like, oh, well, I missed the bullseye. So what do I do? I pick up another arrow and fire again. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that word sin in Latin means without. And, um, and I long, long ago realized that when you're without your connection to source and you don't feel that trust in the divine or whatever you want to call it, God or, you know, the universe, you, you don't trust that you're, you're being guided and that things are unfolding the way they need to, then you're in sin because you're without your connection to who you really are. You know, and so that's what all sin means is not being in that wonderful place that you really, that's your birthright. That is who you really are, you know. But it doesn't mean you're always that. I'm always feeling good. It, I feel like it's it's important to understand that every single thing is okay, you know. Every like you right. were saying, Walt. I mean, no matter what it is that's coming up, it, it's your. I always like to say, you're always in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Right. You know, it's like, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of hard to kind of hard to accept for a lot of people. You know, like, how can I not be wrong? How can I not have blown it somewhere? How can I not be needing to get to some other place? But where you are, if you can let go to it and, and just feel into it and without having to think your way through the whole thing, you're, you're probably going to just be fine because the next thing's going to just unfold and unfold and unfold as we trust. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's actually tied to what we talked about earlier, breaking through that ceiling breaking through that upper limit that we've placed in our minds. I think it's about just letting go of this idea of, oh, I got it wrong. No, we got it right. We're always getting it right. And thereby mm-hmm. taking the pressure off of ourselves. So, Yeah. The, un- the un- amazing, unusual thing is that why is there that strong, strong fear that things aren't going to be okay? Mm. You know, that's what I'm asking myself all, all day long, every day in a way. I'm, I'm looking at why do I have any fear? Why do I be so concerned? You know, because yeah. all I really, if I had just been trained in my childhood to just have constant faith in life and that it's all I got from my elders, you know, was have faith, have faith, have faith, you're taken care of. I think I'd be a different person right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the good Instead news, of, of course, you know, is that we can always become different people right now. That's that's the beauty of it, right? right? You know, so all we yeah. have to do is just change our focus, and and all of a sudden we get different results. So that that's the good part. But you're right. I mean, what happens in our childhood can stick with us for years, and I mean, that's kind of like what a large portion of our work is: <laughs> letting go of all that junk that was handed to us when yeah. we were kids. <laughs> That's why, like, an appreciation journal is so interesting because you, you sit down and you start writing all the things that today I'm really appreciating about my life and about myself and about other people. And it's like I realize I don't have a habit of doing that. You know, mm. I just don't – I don't have that built into me. And yeah. I'm working on that all the time. I'm like, how can I look for what – just appreciate what's going on here that's good, that's working. You know, so many things are working. Very good. So you got a question for us, Alex? Something we can uh, sink our teeth into and gnash and 
I'll get to the meat of. <laughs> I'm trying to bring in every <laughs> metaphor I can think of that has to do with chewing. <laughs> I think you can eat yet. Sure. <laughs> um, what are the top three tiers of a relationship, do you think? Uh, top three tiers? Yes. That make a successful relationship? Yes. Like characteristics? Is that what you mean by tiers? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. If I've got to pick three of them, I'm going to say the first one is loving yourself. The, mm -hmm. the second one is respecting the person that you're with. And, mm -hmm. and kind of tied into that, I think it's also part of the second one, is the love coming out of that respect. I mean, you just... To me, it's not about... The, the the sexual love, um, nothing wrong with the sexual love. Don't get me wrong. Just that's not the basis of it. The basis right. of it is that that personal connection of uh, it's a trusting connection that you're going to be respectful of that person. They're going to be respectful of you. You're you're both there to uh, to help each other get to your highest place, to your best place, to live your best life. Um, that that to me is key. So start with the self love. That's number one. Number two is is what your your relationship is to the other person, how you're how you are interacting with them, and and how respectful it is, and how you you really want the best for them. I mean, and, and it works both ways on that. So that's the second one, yeah. and and then I think the third one is recognizing that just because you're with somebody doesn't mean you have to spend all your time with that person. You also have mm -hmm. a separate life. I, I right. think I think that's probably the third tier right there. Just you know, you have to live your own life. It's not. It, otherwise, you're, you're codependent. Otherwise, your yes. entire existence is based on what that other person is doing. And that just mm -hmm. doesn't work either. So, yeah, self-love, how you're respecting and feeling about the other person, and you have your life to live. Mm -hmm. Those are my answers, anyway. Good what about answer. you, Tom? What about you, Tom? What do you think? Well, those are good. Um, I, I guess I agree with them. Um, I, the first thing that came to me is, um, appreciation of myself and then appreciation of my partner. Um, mm -hmm. like look for, instead of looking for things that are potentially gonna go wrong or that I don't like, really, um, look for the things I appreciate and accentuate those. But definitely the first tier is doing the work on myself. <laughs> you know, like if I'm not, if I'm not really recognizing that my happiness really has to come from within me, and I really think it comes from within my partner, then, uh, you know, without her there, that I won't be enough of something. That's yeah. the biggest biggest mistake I can possibly make. Mm. Is, but that's easy to make, that one, because um, it's, it's easy to believe that I need somebody to complete me or something, or right. I need somebody else to confirm that I'm lovable, you know, or to confirm... That I that I'm appreciated, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And but yeah, so that's number one is appreciation. I I know that one thing that I I thought was so cool that Gay and Katie Hendricks again taught in their conscious loving workshop about relationships was make an agreement with your partner that you will never criticize each other no matter what. It's just like an upfront agreement. And so the second anything comes out that's a critical judgment of the other person, that's where the work needs to be done in the relationship. So mm -hmm. it's like it's like a constant uh, awareness that if I'm criticizing my partner, 
I'm um, I'm on the wrong place. This is something here has got to be addressed. Yeah, I'm not sure Louise and I ever. I'm not sure we ever actually had a, a time where we had a conversation like that, but we've certainly acted as if we had. Because we definitely, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we have certainly learned the art of what I call being able to disagree without being disagreeable. Of, of mm-hmm. you know, you know, we we can have our own opinions. Our opinions don't have to be the same, but we don't have to step on the other person in order to have them. Right. Yeah. And then the third thing would be what you were saying, the balance between intimacy and autonomy, you know, recognizing when it's it's uh, appropriate to be into the intimacy with your partner and be able, being able to truly let go to that and then by the same token recognize when it's time to be alone and be able to let go to that and go yeah. and have other have other friends, have other activities. If, if you want to go out for a walk, in the forest and she, she doesn't or he doesn't, then go for a walk by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a recognition of your own autonomy or I need to be alone for the next three hours. So just uh, don't come in the room. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Recognize what autonomy is for you and be able to have good boundaries. You know, having those boundaries clear is huge. I, I find that doors are wonderful things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really for all of us. Yeah. Well, how about you with your own question, Alex? What's your take on what are the top three things? Um, I tell my friends this all the time. Without these three things, you your relationship probably has some issues and needs some work. And those are love, trust, and communication. Ah. So talk about Plain those. Talk about them. Well, love, I also agree with you guys. I feel like you need to have love for yourself because if you don't make you happy, you're going to make somebody else miserable. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Mis- miserable is infectious. Miserable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and trust, you have to, you can't be the type of person who, you know, if your boyfriend or girlfriend goes somewhere, say they go out to hang out with their friends and you're texting them every five minutes because what are you doing? What are you doing now? What are you doing now? You can't be that type of person. So you need to be able to trust that they're not doing anything or, or you know, being disloyal to you in any way while they're out and about doing having their, their me time. And communication sums up all three you have to have you have to talk about all both of those things in order to um effectively have a have a relationship just you just need communication talk that talk. Oh, those are good i as you were yeah. uh, mentioning that last bit there i was thinking about people on facebook who asked the question how can i get my mate back how can i get my ex back and mm. You often don't get a lot of details about it. Sometimes they'll give you details, but most often it's just the generic, how do I get them back and I'm not going to tell you anything. Uh, but I, yeah. get, I get the sense, I get the feeling that in a lot of those cases, they themselves were doing exactly what you described. They were hounding the other person. They were just driving mm-hmm. her crazy with, you know, you know, so what are you doing? When am I going to hear from you? I haven't seen you in three hours. You know, what? <laughs> Just yeah. stay in constant contact, and then and then you know he cuts off contact at some point because he's sick of it. And she says, "But now he's ghosting me. He's ignoring me entirely." Like, ha. Ah. 
<laughs> like you were too much. Calm down. You're yeah, right. Too much. I always wonder what the other side of the story is, and, and that's kind of the story that I invent in my head when I when I see these posts. That there's something that they were doing that drove the other person away, and they aren't acknowledging it. Yeah, or I mean, sometimes it it it's not that way. The 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 other person may have just became uninterested and cheated and. That's how the relationship ended. And if that's the case, why do you want him back? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm taking them at their word because very often they'll say, oh, we had, it was, everything was great. It was all going so well, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and in my mind, I'm saying, okay, well, if it was going so well, why did it end? <laughs> right. Something, right. there's something missing from the story here. <laughs> I don't right. know what it is, exactly. <laughs> but uh, and that's the problem. They don't know what it is either. That's the, that's the problem, and that's why they want their ex back. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a principle uh, called microscopic honesty, and I thought that was always such an interesting phrase. Um, and it's like what you were saying, Alex. You've got to be communicating what really is going on with you to your partner. You can't mm-hmm. you can't like uh, hold things back, even mm-hmm. even if they seem threatening. You got to find a way to. You know, maybe you find a gentle way to talk about it and a loving way to talk about it and a way that you're not in blame of the other person, but are, you're, you know, in shame and all that stuff. But being able to tell the other person what's really going on is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was the third leg of, of Alex's triad there, communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about it, the word relationship depends upon that. To have a relationship is to have yeah. two people who relate. To relate is to talk. It's to express. You're right. You know? So yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. You can't possibly have a relationship if you don't communicate. It's not possible. Right. <laughs> but real but real microscopic honesty to me implies that you don't um, hold back the stuff that seems like it's difficult or that you're embarrassed by or that mm-hmm. you feel is going to, you know, if I say this, you know, how is she going to think about me? You know, if I tell yeah. her this aspect of me, you know, so how do you how do you approach all these subjects? And of course, it's okay to be diplomatic too, mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. but but not but not lying. You know, not not trying to uh, not not let the other person know something that you're just holding inside because that affects the relationship in every way when you're holding something in. It know. does. What's interesting to me is, interesting is perhaps the wrong word, a little bit horrifying to me, is how there are still a number of societies around the world that punish that activity. They don't do it deliberately, but they lit- they end up punishing people who reveal what it is that's bothering them or, or what, re- reveal what has happened to them, what, what they've experienced. Um, the, mm-hmm. the thing I'm thinking about right now is Nasha, of course, is one of our regular listeners, and she was uh, asking Steve Rowell and I some questions about how to deal with her family issues during yesterday afternoon's podcast. And after that podcast, Steve and I were talking, and and uh, I did some more research c- kind of to confirm what I already knew about what life is like for women in Pakistan. And I found one article that really just summarized it beautifully, I thought. Um, but they were talking about – they were telling the uh, – the stories of like four or five different women who live in Pakistan. And one of them was an 18 year old who uh, told the story of how she met the love of her life. This, this beautiful young man. And they were 
planning to get married and all this stuff was going on. And then she got attacked and raped and he would have nothing to do with her after that because she was used. And I'm thinking, yeah, now that's a really extreme example, but it is an example Mm -hmm. of, you know, she, if, if, if she had found some way to keep that inside and not, not let it out, maybe she would have been able to keep her, her, her man, but because she let it out, she got punished for it. She yeah. got she got punished twice. She got she 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 got horribly abused in a way she never should have been abused in the first place. And then she paid the price for it with the guy who supposedly loved her. And I was like, whoa! Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a double whammy. I've had that happen where I've told a woman some you know very private things about my vulnerability, and then she's used it against me. You know, and I've had to literally say to her, you know, like I didn't tell you that so you could beat me up with it. You know. I didn't tell yeah. you that so you could point out that I'm screwed up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was looking for, you know, what's the word? Um, compassion and mm. understanding. and Right. You know, instead of, oh, you're screwed up, man. <laughs> it's like, well, no. I think that's all we're, we're looking for is compassion and understanding. But, I mean, especially I, I can vouch for um, – mental health for amongst women and men in in the black community is definitely frowned upon to get help really so yeah it's it's like you're that's just not something we deal with you're 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 supposed to be strong yeah you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to just deal with things on your own you're not you're not the black people in therapy they barely go to the doctors which is why they die so early (laughs) So therapy is just not a thing, and then uh, and then having the type of insurance that we have, it's even harder mm. to get help. So people just end up in bad situations, and it's it's horrible. It's horrible mm. the way the, the state of mind of of people. I mean, I think it's getting better. More people are talking about it nowadays, mm. especially uh, black women. You know they're coming forward with their postpartum and their and their bipolar and their depression and and they're like, listen, I'm not okay. I'm not just an angry black woman. I'm I'm not okay, and I need help. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is good. I'm glad. I wonder that's where that came from in the black community. Just it came from their history of having to survive in the in the slave situation. You think that they just had to be strong? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were up against just such extreme odds that you either survive or, you know, you don't. don't Yeah, yeah. Wow, trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. It really reinforces how important it is then to not only talk about these things like we do here on the podcast, but also work on them on ourselves. Because, I mean, here we've just come up with two or three really very powerful examples of the ways that... Uh, our societies have basically set us up to fail, set us up to not allow ourselves to achieve our, our greatest potential of who we are. So the more that we can be talking about that and working on it and encouraging each other, the better. So you did, thank you uh, for sharing the, what, what you guys said, and I'm glad I shared with what I said because it reinforces for me what we're doing here on the podcast is really important. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Good. Right on. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's do one more round of questions. We probably, we may have time for one more round, possibly, depending on how quick our answers are. So, <laughs> um, so I think it's my turn. Um, let's see. What am I going to ask about? Okay. Well, I'm going to keep it really, really simple. 
to the degree that you're willing to t- to share what what you're trying to manifest, and if you don't want to share that, that's okay. But to whatever degree you're willing to to share that, what can you tell us about what you're working on right now that's really exciting to you? Hmm. I think I don't know. I'm working on so many things at so many different times. I just think that I could, I could actually get you guys silent, but I just did it. <laughs> oh no! I can. I've got. I'm letting Alex go first. So I can oh, okay. Oh, you. You go first. <laughs> Jump right in there. Jump right in. Oh, so what am I working on that I'm excited about? Um, the main thing is I'm moving from Colorado to Oregon um, to live with some really good friends of mine in one of their many mansions. Um, as a, and I'm going to be helping them out with management of one of their mansions, the one on the lake, and um, and. It's it's just this whole opening to going and being on the road and putting all my stuff in storage and and going to live a completely different lifestyle than I've been living for years and years um, as a, you know, freewheeling guy who's um, not tied to a place. And, um, and it's exciting to think that it's going to just open all kinds of doors to my own conscious development of who I am because... I just am sort of throwing all caution to the wind and saying, I can just go and, and have a whole lot more fun and do a lot more playful things in my life. And mm-hmm. um, so it's a, you know, it's just an opening. And then I, I've been researching all kinds of countries overseas. So during the next year, I'm going to travel, I hope, to go to some and check out some of these countries as possible places to live. Very cool. Uh, as soon as you described... Yeah. Uh, Moving from, from Colorado, as soon as you, you start talking about that, I instantly believed it. I just had this, this like energy wave hit me saying, oh, yeah, of course that's happening. In fact, oh, wait a minute. He's making this up. This is He hasn't manifested this yet. It sounded like he'd already manifested mm-hmm. it. That's how convinced I was of it. Um, the other thing yeah, I would have. You, you got that too? Yeah, well, I just spent the last three days buying a brand new car. I'm selling my other car. I'm I'm packing everything. I mean, I'm. I'm doing everything to go because I don't have a choice. I mean, I, I mean, not that I don't have, have a choice, but I want to do this. So mm-hmm. It just right, said, okay, right. there, here I go. The other thing I would caution you about is if you are going to Oregon, don't say Oregon. They'll think that you're a hick who's uneducated. It's Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Oregon, yeah, yes. If you say Oregon, I've then, lived there then they'll accept you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, going to Oregon. It was one of the it was one of the main uh, bastions of the KKK back in the day. You know, it was a was it really super yeah super KKK state. Well, this very town that I live in, Boulder, was um, one is one of the KKK's model cities. They sent people up in the eighteen hundreds to give awards to the people that started Boulder because they were so successful in in you know massacring the Native Americans and keeping blacks out. You know, keeping all the ethnic minorities out of here. And you walk the streets of Boulder today, you do not see black people. And you do not see the only Latinos pretty much are the people that are working for all the white people. You know, it's, hmm. I mean, it's a lot like that. Wow. So uh, wow. I don't know why I got off on that topic. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure either, but there's something going on there. <laughs> Giving us yeah. your history. It was very interesting. <laughs> well, we were talking about, you know, slavery and, and how, you know, the, black community ended up being afraid to ask for help and yeah. um you know people that have survival is their they have to learn to 
survive on their own, you know, pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Um, right. They don't ask for help. Nope, they don't. Well, Jason says he's trying to manifest the perfect department. That, that's what he's focusing on. How about you, Alex? What, is there anything that you're focusing on that you're really excited about that, that you're hoping is coming real soon? I'm trying to manifest mainly just, just living my best life in general, but uh, a loving, committed relationship. Ah, that's a good yeah. one. That's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I'm trying to manifest something that you and I are manifesting together. I'm trying to manifest a successful fiction podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want the grass to be green around this side. <laughs> so yeah, that's my big, that, that's my big thing I'm working on right now. And, and that, that's fun too, because when you have something that you love and that you can do something with, and you don't have to wait for somebody to, you know, give you a job or, or, you know, yeah. give you some funding or whatever it is where you can just go do it. Then you just kind of dive into it. And, and yeah. the, only, the only, you know what the only frustration I have is right now, Alex, I haven't been able to actually sit down and work on it for more than 20 minutes in the last three days. That's the worst thing I've had to deal with. <laughs> My worst thing is everything I write, you've already written by the time I go to <laughs> Well, that means around the same wavelength. Son of a gun. I was thinking about that. Actually, you know what? I, I think what we should probably do is, because we know what the chunks are. So you, yeah. take, you, you take one chunk, I take the other chunk, and that way we aren't writing each other's stuff. Okay. So we just got to take what's left with episode one and divide it up that way and... That way, well, first of yeah. all, we'll get it done faster. And second of all, we won't be rewriting each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be looking at yours, and I'm like, this sounds real familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that is? I mean, and Tom's played a role in this, too. Um, we have done a really nice job of blocking out of, of – um, and by blocking out, I mean resisting. I mean creating uh, segments of the story so that yeah. we understand the characters. We understand the segments. We understand where it's going. We've done that so well that right. of course we're going to come up with very similar stuff. So that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. That's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. That makes it easier to I trust. Was thinking, I was thinking it's, it's really important in my mind of how this develops that it's uh that they're going to really get into working on their situation as a key part of the episode. Mm. Of of finding ways to process these things, of uh, you know, like things happen in their lives that really thrust them into personal evolution and personal development in really cool ways. So that oh, yeah. so that we can talk about how how is it that these people were able to change their lives in such wonderful ways? And of course, there can still be crises and and things that keep coming up because that's the way mm -hmm. life is, right? Oh, sure. Well, yeah. that's that, that was, that's the whole point of this uh, being of this a story. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is to have it be interesting. And well, to have it be interesting, but also to show, you know, growth and, and, and of course, law of attraction and, you know, how we, how we get to living our best lives and, and being the best be that, best us that we can be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In the face of difficulties and, and things that, coming along that how did that happen and why is that not working out and then you start yeah, looking at that 
past traumas and all mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Everything that we're all dealing with. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it is. That That's what makes it so interesting because we can all relate to it. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. right. Right, exactly. Very cool stuff. And if, you, if it's not you, you know somebody else who's going through the same thing who's maybe struggling with it, and then you hear some way to approach it, law of attraction, understanding or something, you go, wow, if, if she would only see it that way, she wouldn't be so stuck <laughs> yep. in her story, you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Exactly. What, well, you just touched on it, the fact, you know, that people will say, well, if she, if she would only do this, if he would only do that, it's so much easier to see it in somebody else. So that's what makes it enjoyable. Right. That, that's why it's so fun exactly. to, to watch it or listen to a story like that. Yeah. Try to look at, at your own stuff. Own. Oh, God. <laughs> your own stuff right. much harder. <laughs> much, much harder. <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. So. They always say that if you ever want to know what's what, What's really going on in your life? Ask your three best friends to be honest with you. you know, they say, "Well, Tom, you know, you definitely are too worried about this." You know, it's like, look at what you do, and I go, "Oh yeah, I do, huh?" <laughs> yeah, I ask my best friends that every day. <laughs> yeah, you really do that. I take a census at least once a week. Wow. Yeah. You say, "Hey, do you think?" That I'm a little bit off base and something like that. Yeah. Is that what you ask? I know I'm always right, but. Oh. But. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but could you give me some advice? Yeah. There's some things you you can't see for yourself, so you need outside help. Mm. Yeah. You don't have a problem asking for help. I don't. No. That's cool. That makes you a role model. That's. That's why you're a life coach. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that that means you're going to be influencing people that you've never even seen, you've never even heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that's cool. That's the goal. Yeah. What you're already doing on this podcast because you never that's know true. who's going to listen to this. And that's true. They're going to hear you say something and they're going to go, wow, that's cool. I, I can see that. That's why I'm Good. never afraid to talk about my story because you never know who you're who you're helping. That's right. That is absolutely true. So, okay, Tom, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're back for your second question. You got a second question for us? Oh, we're not out of time. No, okay. we, believe it or not, we got about uh, four or five minutes left. About four minutes left. Oh, okay. I, I got a I got another question. Yeah. I don't have one. Um, I could. I would just have to completely pull it out of thin air. Well, give it a shot. Let's see what you get. Well, okay, when you're um, trying to accomplish a big project and you've got all the – you kind of know what you got to do, what's what's the best way to um, to, to make progress with that project? What, well, what do you think, Alex? I think outside opinion. Ask people around you who are familiar with that type of project and where you need where, – what's your next step? Where do you need to go next? Mm-hmm. And research. Do a lot of research on on what you have to get done. Okay. Yeah, that's basically what I do every day with my co-hosts. I mean, almost all the topics I bring up are topics that I need help with <laughs> on one one form or another, <laughs> one level or another. So I just ask my co-hosts <laughs> and make it the topic well, of conversation. Uh huh. <laughs> I thought I thought what you guys were going to say was um, just start with what the first impulse you get that you feel is coming from your intuition. Ah. You know, 
so that, you know, like, like for example, I've got to declutter everything in my house and garage to get ready to put it all into storage. And I want to get rid of as much as I can because I don't know if I'm ever going to come and live here again. And so I'm thinking, if I go live overseas, I don't want to come back to a storage unit and have to spend two weeks at the storage unit getting rid of stuff. It's so much easier yeah. to get rid of it now. So how do I jump into this project in a way that is really beneficial for me and that feels good and I really get things done? So um, I feel like each day i got to have it follow the impulses I get. If it says get rid of something, get rid of it, you know, or, you know, the way to, the way to clean things up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, they say that when you're decluttering your life and trying to, you know, be, live that minimalistic life, if it doesn't bring you joy, mm-hmm. get rid of it. Yeah. If it doesn't bring you joy when you ask, do I, do I, do I like this? Does it bring me joy? Then you just say, move it, move it on. Yeah. And if you haven't used it in a year, get rid of it. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that easy for me to do. <laughs> but of course, if I say that, it won't be easy. I think there are. I think yeah. there are exceptions to that. To be honest, I, like for instance, if you have a photo album and you haven't looked at the photo album in a year, you probably don't want to just throw the photo album away. But does it bring you joy? It may not yeah, bring I've you got... joy right now. But my, my point is, just because you haven't looked at it in a year doesn't mean you're never interested in it, unless you know for sure that it's full of photos that you don't, you'll never care about. Now, if you know that, sure, no. throw it away. These are two separate uh, questions. They're not. They don't go together. It's not. Do it. Does it bring you joy? And have you used it in a year? Okay. So it does it bring you joy? Yes. No. Maybe so. All right. Throw it away. Keep it. And then for something else, have you used it in a year? Yeah. Well, I've got. I've got. Say in the garage, I've got two great big toolboxes full of all the tools I accumulated in 40 years of owning homes. And I don't really own a home now. I, I mean, I rent a condo. So should I, you know, like, how, how do I deal with all those tools? Because I might own a home again and I'll want them, but, you know, have now to go out and buy them all. You like that. <laughs> you just got to look, have, at, you have look to at each wrench and each screwdriver and go, does this screwdriver bring me joy? <laughs> 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 well, it has brought me joy, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I sure would like to have it there if I need it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we've gotten into the realm of the silly, and that's probably a good place to stop because we are near the end of the hour here. Um, before we go, I want to remind people: if you're not yet a subscriber, please become one. Very simple to do. Go to the homepage LOAToday.net. It'll show you an icon for your device. Just click it, walk through the steps, and just like that, you're a subscriber. And then don't forget to share the fact that you've been listening to LOA Today and that you've been enjoying it so much because that's how we spread the word. And with that thought in mind, uh, Alex, you and I have our work cut out for us. we got to get the script of Episode 1 done. So let's make that our goal for, like, by next Friday, we're going to have that script done. What do you say? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> we we got it set. The goal is set. And, uh, Tom, I, I, we won't be talking to you until then, so you're going to have to kind of hold our feet to the fire and say, so how did you do? <laughs> but in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. You too. All right. Thank and you very Alex. much. Thank you also to our listeners. We see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.